Hello and welcome to Dungeon Regular, a show about modules, adventures, and dungeons. I'm Nova, also known as Idle Cartillery, and I'm reading through Dungeon Magazine one module at a time. I'll summarize that module, talk about its strengths and weaknesses, and then talk about a few interesting things about it that could be used at the table or impact your own homebrew design. Today I'm going to talk about The Titan's Dream by W. Toto Todorsky in the first module of issue number 2, November 1986. In The Titan's Dream, the party is trapped in the dreams of the greater Titan Andromedus and have to play through three dreams, each consisting of five events. While those dreams can be moved between, they do not progress through any dream chronologically until they resolve the event in a satisfactory way. Finishing all three dreams allows Andromedus to wake, and for the party to ask them a question which will be answered truthfully, although in opaque, oracular fashion. There are combat encounters here, if the party chooses, but it really wants the players to get into the absurdity of pretending to be in a fairy tale or a Greek tragedy, and so fits with a table that enjoys the kind of social roleplay most of all. You could drop it into most any campaign, where you have need of an oracle, but if I were to play it as a one-shot, I'd probably choose something that was rules light because of this, probably can or into the dungeon. What can we take back to our table from the Titan's Dream, even if we don't use it in our home campaign? Number one, unique structures. This is a very strange, interesting module, with a unique structure that is a little too complex for its own good, I think. I suspect if I were to write something like this, and I'll shout out to Ben Lawrence here, who writes the excellent dream theme through Alton's Door, I'd arrange these dreams and sub-dreams spatially in a dungeon and have the players be able to walk around in them and explore them spatially. That structure feels more dreamlike and allows them to encounter things out of order. I really like encountering things out of order because there's something dreamlike about completing the climax of the story, but then using your choices there to inform how you got there. What I don't like about this structure is that it feels quite on rails. The outcomes of the dream, to some degree fixed, and I feel that having each dream be a tiny world with its own rules would allow a similar feel without the same limitation, and, to be honest, with less explanation required. But using a unique structure to tell a unique story and give a unique atmosphere is a very cool approach to take. Cultural breadth. The idea of having dreams inspired by many cultures is such a great idea, and I was excited to see what these adventures were. Early on, it describes itself as different historical and fantastic periods jumbled together, anything can happen. And I was disappointed to see that the three dreams were Greek myth, Arthurian legend, and fairy tale. And let's be honest, those last two aren't so different from each other. Dreams that drew from a wider range of cultures would make it far more interesting, an approach in my opinion, if the conceit of culturally inspired dreams is the place to go with this dream theme. The other option is to go crazy and gonzo with the dream space and mash more themes together in a single dream, which again, has a stronger dreamlike effect. Perhaps pick a story with analogues across cultures and have it told in different ways, interwoven. Do you pick the Greek ending or the Persian? I guess my takeaway here is that when you have a cool idea, lean into it as hard as you can. Number three, reusable maps. Each of the dreams uses the same maps, which is to me such a great idea. And again, it conjures a dreamlike theme where you have a sense of deja vu whenever you enter space. It also means that a complex module like this doesn't need 15 different maps, which is both a huge challenge logistically and design-wise. It makes me wonder how the idea of reusing maps within a dungeon or location could be leveraged elsewhere. Has anyone run a jam where people wrote dungeons for the same map? How do different people interpret the map? Is there a dungeon where the map is the same for every level, but what was in it changes? What does having the same floor plans say about the dungeon? Who made the map? 
using maps in this way could potentially be a very fruitful exercise, especially in the way it helps to teach player characters how to approach future levels, and how it might be subverted through moving around traps, secret doors and doors, and how creatures might use the same spaces for different purposes. Number 4, Unclear Goals. So this module asks players to do the right thing in order to progress. I don't really have a problem with this, except that it's never made clear to the player characters that this is what they need to do or why. It's not clear, for example, that in the first stream, Halaminus is a person that the player characters should help. The module is a little unclear regarding what to do, and if the player's first response is not to do the right thing, what happens in the scenario they're in, or how do they transition to another? Do they glitch out and Groundhog Day until they figure out what their goal is? I think it's important to provide clear goals to the player characters, and if I were to run this, I'd probably tell them, oh, you're clearly trapped in a sleeping titan's dream. If you want him to give you your, his magic words, you'll have to make sure he wakes up in a good mood, and then have a titan happiness meter that they can see, or have the dream change to reflect the titan's mood. Number five, the brevity. Oh, the brevity. These encounters are fantastically short, even though many of them could be improved in terms of practicality. They are a short sketch of a scenario, and the only rule is that the party must do the right thing in order to resolve the short sketch. There are for each scene three examples of what doing the right thing might look like. This is a very cool structure, and my main complaint is that it leans heavily on the referee to adjudicate the scenarios with minimal knowledge. And in a module where the goal is to get players to make moral decisions, some of those scenarios can be quite challenging, and their scope is far greater than the brief description. The other significant lack is the explanation of transition between the scenarios. I think that the abrupt changes in scenes are absolutely appropriate to a dream-like scenario, but I think that advice in how to abruptly change scenes in a way that feels dreamlike would make things a lot easier to run, and to be honest, I wouldn't be adverse to box text for these purposes. That's the Titan's dream in a nutshell. I hope you'll join me for the next episode of Dungeon Regular. If you have any questions, please reach out. I'm on Twitter, Blue Sky, and Mastodon at Idle Cartillery, and I write reviews and blog at playfulvoid.game.blog. If you'd like to support Dungeon Regular, please visit my Ko-fi at ko-fi forward slash idlecartillery. You can make a one-off donation or become a member. Members are prioritized for their questions to be included in the Dungeon Regular mailbag episodes, can make suggestions for future bathtub reviews, and get to see bathtub reviews a week in advance on my Ko-fi before they go public. They also get free copies of Dungeons Regularly, my zine of blank dungeon maps with tables and lists to help you populate them. Our theme music is an extract from Turning the Page by Kirk Osamayo on the free music archive used under a Creative Commons license. Thank you for listening to Dungeon Regular.